0: Hey, everyone. Just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. It is December 1st, 25 more days till a holiday that some people, including Rolando and I, celebrate, (laughs) which is Christmas. And when it comes to Christmas and Christmas movies and the ever-dominating Christmas season that we are all victim to at least seeing whether or not we indulge in it, mm-hmm. Christmas movies are a huge one. And among the Christmas movies, there's one particular movie that is such a cult film that it gets aired 24 hours straight around Christmas Day. And I feel like people either love this movie or hate this movie. So where do you stand on the love hate uh relationship to this film?
1: Ambivalent.
0: Oh, so you don't you're just indifferent?
1: I mean borderline hate.
0: Borderline hate. So what just say hate. No, hate I
1: don't know cuz I don't hate the movie per se. I just don't I don't understand the obsession with this film. Like why does it get played mm. you know for 24 hours on TBS, right? I think it's on TBS, right?
0: Yeah, TNT and TVS. Like,
1: why, why, why? Like, I want to watch a Friends rerun. Why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another obsession. Though, that <laughs> I don't understand this obsession, but I totally get this one. Well, those yeah, are obsessions just, are. That's called syndication,
1: weird. though. At least it's not like the same movie for twenty four hours.
0: Well, yeah, but it's also like one day a year, whereas Friends is on every single. I mean, I mean day. same argument
1: on USA and Law and Order SVU.
0: Yeah, well, hey, there's plenty of things get overplayed, and this one only gets played overplayed on purpose for like two days a year.
1: It's too much.
0: It's not that big a deal for me. It
1: kind of is.
0: I happen to actually really enjoy this one, so we are once again. Who would have thought? We are different
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it comes to this. Who would have thought?
0: Who would have thought? And of course, we're talking about a Christmas story, and we are talking about this new HBO Max. Revival of the Property, the Legacy Sequel, A Christmas Story, Christmas. (sighs) Yep, we're talking about it.
1: I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando.
0: And this is Remakes, Reboots,
1: and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. unoriginality.
0: It's been a while since we did this whole thing but outside of things for the podcast you know what have you been indulging in recently that you kind of want
2: to talk about
1: i mean we'll be talking about it next week but i binged the shit out of wednesday
2: oh yeah. really already eddie and i yeah
1: like eddie put it on and i didn't think i was going to be as into it as i became and mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I i'm very very excited to talk about it next week but are you aware katherine Zeta jones is not latina Oh yeah, she's Welsh, is she not? Yeah, she's Welsh. She's uh isn't she like kinda of committing brown face by kinda of not I don't know, I feel like she takes on a lot of Spanish speaking roles. Does she? Name some. Uh she was the godmother in the cocaine cowboys film. I think it was a lifetime original, but that's a very Colombian role. Uh, cocaine Cowboys. Wait a minute. There was, that was a documentary. Film. That was a documentary. Oh. So this was a, a movie based off of Griselda. The cocaine Maga. Oh,
0: and she wasn't Griselda. She well, she was she, she was, was playing Griselda?
1: Griselda, which is also horrible oh. casting because I've seen pictures of Griselda. Uh, the lady yeah, who no, played the lady who like played that. Yolanda in Selena should have been playing <laughs> Griselda. Okay, right,
0: but she's too busy playing maids and
1: murderers. Right, so. exactly. Uh, who else? Uh, what? So we'll be talking about that because I do have a, oh Morticia a little bit too because like I think they coded her a little bit to be Hispanic i know luis guzman who is uh who is gomez is definitely latino right like as, yeah as well character. that's interesting too but
0: because ever since raul julia took over gomez G- gomez is now established as a Latino.
1: actually no before like, that apparently the in the comic strips it was always established that they have latin backgrounds wow well, not aside. in the television show not though. in the like, television it's media show,
0: representation yes. so, um but I never really considered Morticia to be so. It's interesting. I haven't seen it, so I'm excited. I, I think I know what you're talking about because she was also in The Mask of Zorro. The Mask of Zorro, no, yeah, that's another one. Where,
1: technically yeah, speaking, I've like never she's seen like that Spanish, film. Spanish, but like Spanish in Texas is just like she, she, she's mm. a little bit brown facing, in my opinion. So I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, we'll be talking about that for short next week. I'm super excited. Yeah. So, guys, if you're already listening and you guys want to like write in your opinions on whether or not you think Catherine Zeta-Jones is brown facing, by all means, DM us, email us, let us know. I want to hear from you guys uh, because I think it's a li- it may be problematic, just a yeah. little bit because t- you know uh, Netflix was like touting this as like you know the Hispanic uh, Adams family. And I was excited until I found out. I was just like, wait a minute, Eddie's what well, who broke oh, it? Who broke the news? But isn't me? that
0: that's more of Jenna Ortega, though, I
1: would say. And and Luis because
0: Guzman. Her... But no, yeah, no,
1: okay. no, 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 no. The average person definitely sees Catherine gonna Jones We're going to drag
0: Catherine Zeta-Jones. And she yes, and they definitely
1: thinks that, I mean, I guess her name is a very, very Hispanic. But yeah. uh, it's she has like a very, very ambiguously ethnic look. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, I'm just saying. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I knew
0: I I knew she was Welsh, but uh, I guess yeah, most people would make that assumption about her. But we're traffic. That's next week. We should just like copy and paste this for next week. <laughs> what if, wait, traffic. I I remember that movie. She was Hispanic
1: in that was she? Yeah, she was. Wasn't she? Wasn't she Mexican I, or Bolivian? Mm,
0: mm, I don't remember that. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen traffic. So well, um, anyway.
1: Uh, uh, anyway. Oh, and Eddie is here, guys.
0: Eddie is here. Hey, Eddie
1: came a little late, but here, nonetheless, I've already just, we're preparing the audience for next week of, uh, Catherine Jones and her Brown facing. (laughs) Well, but we will talk about
0: that next week. I actually, have you guys ever watched a show called the hustler, the hustler? Yeah. Anyway, it's a game show called the hustler where there's five people and they're all competing for money and for trivia. But among one of them is this person, the hustler and all these facts are being given about their life. And, they're pretending to not be the hustler, and they're trying to win the money. And if they can get away playing the game uncaught, they win. But the whole game is that everyone's trying to figure out who amongst you is the liar.
1: Isn't that like The Mole?
0: I've never seen The Mole.
1: Okay. That also got remade so by Netflix. Be. uh yeah. it might I wanted to be on a reality TV show, but I was a child. And I wanted to be The <laughs> well, Mole.
0: I actually think if you watch it, it's on Amazon. I mean, it, it might be broadcast on network TV, but I watch it on Amazon. Um, I think he would be quite good at it, Rolando. Thank you. So I, I think am, you should do it. I do like it.
1: social deception games. I'm actually... Yeah, I love social deception Yeah, games. Eddie and I are going to PAX this weekend, and literally, we're going to be doing the social deception con area, living it up. Nice. Oh,
0: yeah. No, it's tons of fun. That's why I love to tell the truth. All those kind of like shows where it's like someone's not who they say they are. Um, but anyway... We're not here to talk about that either. We're here to talk about A Christmas Story. I prefer talking about uh,
1: anything else, to be quite honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I actually asked Rolando, you know, most people either love that movie or they hate that movie. Do you, are you on either one of those sides,
2: Eddie? So growing up, I, I didn't care for this movie. Ambivalence. I, re- I, didn't, I didn't care for this movie growing up. I was always playing, always, especially mm-hmm. during Christmas time. They do a 24-hour A Christmas Story Marathon. Yeah, so, <laughs> as we talked about. I think I've literally seen the movie throughout the whole day like little bits and pieces <laughs> uh cuz one Christmas my sister had it in the background and it would just played for all the time that we were together. So I didn't like it as a kid, but I liked it as an adult. As an adult I was able to appreciate it.
0: Mm. It's so interesting though cuz when you both say that you didn't really like it, what you're saying Is that you didn't like the fact that it was on constantly? No. And nothing about the actual film. I mean, yes,
1: a little bit. Like it's being forced onto me.
0: Yes, and that is annoying. I would agree. Like, you know, uh, but. But that's not the film's problem. Well,
1: yeah, and
2: I I think society's problem. What I didn't like as a kid was a voiceover narrative. Yeah. When someone narrates a story like that, I was not uh, a fan of that for some reason as a kid. I'm, just like it annoying
1: yeah, me no, I, I agree uh, i know what you mean yeah uh, you know a lot of people are not into narration. you know what other marathon i always hated that would happen during the holidays the honeymooners marathon oh, on the I wb or picks 11 now right every and then the twilight day. zone too yeah one of yeah, the twilight zone, zone. I would go back to back sometime. uh and also the honeymooners marathon i think the honeymooners one would drive me even more crazy
0: yeah, I've never, I mean, I never really watched or cared for The Honeymooners, so that's never bothered me. Have you watched it, and you, or were you, like, forced to watch it or something,
1: No, Miranda? it's just like, again, uh, it's you just, know what it is? It's just like, if it happened on a weekday, right, and I was a kid, it's like, yo, where's my Pokemon? Where's my Sailor Moon? Where are the mm-hmm. shows that I want to watch? Why am I being subjected to this?
0: True. Okay. Well, so... Christmas story, just a little bit of background here. Do you guys know who Gene Shepard is? No. Well, Gene Shepard, uh, he was a famous person back in the 70s and 80s. He was a storyteller. He was a humorist, according to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He was a radio, television personality, a writer, and an actor. So he was just kind of, like, famous for talking. And this is, like, before, I don't know. This is before when, like, there was actually a phrase for this, which was also called, like, a monologist where you would go and, like, watch someone talk. And it was different from stand-up comedy. It's kind of like the equivalent of, like, a one-person show Wait, now or whatnot. you watch
1: him just talk? Yeah. Oh. They're called podcasts was... now. You don't watch them.
0: They are, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's So these things are still around, but they have taken different forms, you know, or YouTube shows or whatever. Um, yeah, monologist. It's not a term that's used anymore, but even though he's not referred to as one, I think that's what he was. And he's actually, like, a very uh what's that word he's inspired a lot of people jerry seinfeld said that like his whole comedy is based off of and inspired by gene shepherd and whatnot so he was kind of like one of the early guys that have inspired a lot of people that we all know in his style and whatnot so what's the difference between a you know, um, stand-up
1: comedian and monology which is basically a um, monologue
0: do you know who garrison keeler is um he's like the guy who does like the he's got like the voice and he hosts a prairie home companion and he like talks really low and monotone i know
1: prairie home companion
0: yeah so and he he's hosts it right but like he also just goes up and he tells stories he's also referred to as like a humorist so he's not it's like he doesn't go up there and just say non-stop jokes right Mm. he's more so interested in telling a story and if it makes you laugh that's great but that's like it's different
1: Mm.
0: um so he's kind of gene shepherd was kind of like that um, I'm trying to think. I mean, do you know who Spalding Gray is?
1: Okay, we can just move on. I have no idea who any of these people We can just move on,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's what I so, just... so that was his thing, though, right? So it actually, if you think about the fact that, like, if you've seen A Christmas Story a bunch of times, you've probably seen the name Gene Shepard because A Christmas Story is actually based on his life. Mm. And it's semi-autobiographical. And it's the reason why this Christmas Story is just kind of seemingly a bunch of vignettes is because it's all of these stories. It's based on all these different stories and stuff that he would tell. And also, the person that narrates a Christmas story is Gene Shepard. So, just a little bit of that. So, that's uh, a narrator. 1983. Yes, 1983. You're going to be shocked to hear this, Orlando, but it was...
1: An amazing year in film?
0: It was actually just an okay year. Oh, that is.
1: I am shocked. <laughs>
2: wow.
0: In my opinion. Actually, if you were to look at the top 10 uh, films in 1983... I think so many of them like are like what? What the fuck movie is that? And it's crazy because like A Christmas Story was on the top ten, and yet you know everybody knows that movie. Nobody remembers the top ten highest grossing films other than like Flashdance and Return of the Jedi. Okay. Well, uh, I mean... Here are some. Here are some. Mr. Mom.
1: No, i yeah. yeah, i <laughs> yeah, that. I feel like I've is that? Oh, opinion? there you go. Yes. Oh, okay. I have. I remember that movie. Uh,
0: well, that's that's actually that's excellent. Do you know a movie called Staying Alive?
1: Is it the sequel to Saturday Night Fever? Saturday
0: Night Fever directed by Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Uh Octopussy was number 6. Yeah,
1: that's uh, James Bond.
0: Yeah, War Games was number 5. War
1: Games. What are they call these are these are bops. These are these are, <laughs> these are true American classics. I feel like classics. people I feel like people it's not like people
0: talk about these films on a regular basis though. <laughs> I don't know. Uh Sudden Impact was number 7. Uh, Uh, yeah so i don't know i I mean these are like yeah yeah. (laughs) that's what she said uh Ah. these films are just like you know they just i guess they aren't talked about or at least marathoned on tnt the way say a christmas story is when christmas story came out in 1983 it was a mediocre success uh, and it's definitely become more and more successful with every year and it's I would say a cult film too because it's like that's why I say you either love it or you hate it I feel like that's also one of the definitions of a cult film and it's also that not everyone loves it but the people who love it they fucking love it kind of a thing
1: I don't know I feel like the people who love this and I I may get cancelled for this but I feel there's a strong correlation between MAGA (laughs) And people who like a Christmas story. I'm sorry. You're, you're I'm just, just you're saying just that.
2: Try, you're just throwing <laughs> that out there now.
1: No. I've thought about it long and hard and I think there is a strong it's like a Venn diagram. It's a huge, you know, I, huge I wanna overlap see this Venn diagram.
0: I want you to share this graph with me and I wanna see your research, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but it's interesting because if you think about it, you know, like this movie was made in nineteen eighty three. This is you Know Ronald Reagan was president, mm-hmm. I think MTV was just like coming out. Uh, the world was pretty different, and yet this movie is about looking at an even simpler time Christmas in 1940, right before we even entered the war and whatnot. So it's just such an interesting like relationship that it has. Wait, even what, though this war? Is a lo- what do
2: you mean what World
0: War
1: Two? Wait, World War Two was after the 1940s, mm-hmm. but, but sorry, before we the entered, 1940s, no, it was
0: during it, we entered it on officially december 7th
1: 1941 wait shut so. up i thought it was in the 30s that we entered the war is that when the as war Americans, started Americans, no um, we okay, did not okay, there you go wow all my history friends in trivia are now like this is why <laughs> you're terrible at history yeah not- my father was
0: born the day before we entered the
1: war oh, too, wow so. was he was he, uh, he was he like automatically drafted as an infant basically <laughs> Is that how it works in this country? (laughs) It's like, we're in war. Baby's born great. 18 years. Countdown right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this movie, it's pretty simple. It's it's about a family. It's about the Parker family. Uh, Mainly, it's about Ralphie. Uh, Ralphie is the eldest son. His little brother's name is Randy of Mrs. Parker and Mr. Parker, the old man. You know, we never really know their names. And it's just it's set in Indiana in December 1940 and Ralphie's just telling you all these different things of what happened that he remembers from that very memorable Christmas year the big overlying thing too is that Ralphie's biggest desire is that he wants a Red Ryder Carbine Action 200 shot Range Model Air Rifle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what he wants for Christmas Uh, which is I think like I don't know like Hopalong Cassidy or some character that he probably watches in serials I thought it was Lone Ranger uses it Lone Ranger there we go Um, and yeah, he just, he thinks it's cool and he, he really wants it. And everyone keeps telling him the famous line, which is you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Right. Um, so most of like all of his, all of these skits are kind of like about like his desire for and him to like push for it in his family and him getting rejected or people telling him that line over and over again and him losing all this hope that the only thing that he really cares about, he's not going to get mixed in with like things that are happening to his friends, things that are happening to his family, blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's what makes this film, I think, unique. And I think that's why some people like it and maybe others don't, is that it is kind of like just a bunch of random scenes. And in that sense, I would refer to it as what I call a hangout movie. I think some movies are more interested in just kind of like you hang out with these characters and you build a relationship with characters instead of having an overarching story that, you know, is getting served in every single scene. Mm. Um, and that's why I think people like this movie, too, is because it's a hangout movie and you just like hanging out with these characters that you have a relationship with.
1: Why? Um, why do we like hanging out with these characters?
0: Well, because <laughs> they're characters at the end of the day, right? They're, they actually have, like, these personality quirks, uh, you know, like Randy in particular for this little child is actually such a unique little little boy you know the way he eats his food in that one disgusting scene you know where oh the pig he, he doesn't want to eat but then he eats like a pig mm. you know he gets wrapped in this ridiculous outfit to go to school and he can barely move his arms he's like can't move my arms you know it's just like all these little character quirks that is it's enjoyable because it's also re- it's well maybe it's not relatable yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you're about to say a word he's like i promise
1: you What about
0: the father and and him, you know, getting mad at the furnace, just constantly breaking down and cursing his ass off or the dogs who love him and won't leave him alone and the fact that he doesn't know the word fragile and he calls it fragile. It's just like these little things that they give in the script that make these characters pop out, Mm. you know? Um, I think it's actually a pretty good script. Like, I think it's unique. I think it's funny. I think that, yeah, I I like it. I like this film. Um, It's probably not my favorite Christmas movie, but I do enjoy it, and I think it's memorable—the the lamp, uh, Santa Claus, the little Ralphie's imagination sequences. It's cute. Oh God, I, I hate think,
1: those imagination sequences.
0: Because also, like,
1: they're my last favorite part. Day.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, I didn't really see that too too much I, those. I think now that's kind of a norm. It now, is a norm now. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because now, if we we're used to things doing that and doing it better. But I think it, it handles it pretty uniquely and also realizes that it's like you're going into the imagination of a child and this is what it's going to look like. Um, which is also, I don't know. I appreciate at least the historical lens there of that. Uh, tell me why you don't like this film.
1: The color the color scheme of this film. It's so bland. It's so boring. And every time I watch it, I just I want to like cry because I'm so bored. I find it so boring. I think this movie is so boring. <laughs> Like, that's wow. generally, genuinely why. The only part about this movie that I do like laugh at are the lamp is funny. Actually, the lamp seat is good. I forgot how big it is until the rewatch because now you know they sell the lamp and there's like a small version of the lamp. But I'm like, yeah, 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 that's more or less how I remember it. The lamp was huge. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the it mm-hmm. the size of a body of a torso. You know, so <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. But the it's the the santa claus scene is probably my favorite scene of this film because it's also filmed like in a horror way right with a point of view lens and stuff and you're just looking at like this poor kid is traumatized by this like i feel like scary looking santa claus with a red nose at stuff yeah. that just kicks him um
0: yeah well also you know bob clark the filmmaker of this had made another iconic christmas movie which was Black Christmas. So he understands Christmas horror. Mm. <laughs> I think that's why that sequence works as well as it does. Wait, really? So. The guy
1: who directed this also directed Black Christmas?
0: Absolutely. Which we
1: covered not last year, right? In 2019. Wow. Two three years. years ago. Three years ago. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can
0: you believe that? That is insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think these are two of Bob Clark's biggest films. Um, he also directed Porkies. Oh, I like Porkies. Uh,
1: oh, you like Porkies? Yeah, that's fine. You know, it's like raunchy and stuff. And I was a little kid, like it's just like nudity. That's what I'm. <laughs> yes, would, would say that. that's what this movie needs. <laughs> that is just bad. maybe raunchy. It's too. It's too vanilla. It's too. And I, I guess I'm not a fan of just vignettes. I'm just yeah, not. maybe like I, I just maybe. like it's like uh, you know I get it. He wants a toy, and did he have a crush on the teacher? no okay then why are we harping on the teacher so much who's harping on the teacher him like all his fantasy scenes always like a lot of his fantasy scenes there was like a big fantasy sequence with his teacher
2: well it was a praise the praise like he's a kid and you know like uh, but but you have to understand this is like he this is something that he loved and he was so excited about doing this particular project because he wanted to share what he loved and he thought because he put all his heart and soul in it, he was gonna get an A. Yeah. You know? And then he gets like, You get you're gonna get your eye shot on it. And he's know, gonna like, like crush. Like he's gonna crush. Cause he was hoping that everybody would be celebrating how exciting uh how excited he was to write this and how he really wants this particular gift.
1: That's actually kind of a relatable scene because I think have I said this on the podcast? Like when I was like in second grade, the teacher was she. We were supposed to write like spooky stories for Halloween, so I wrote one about Jello, right? Like the Jello, almost like the blob type of thing. And okay. I was so excited to share it with the teacher and stuff, and like share it with the class. And she was she gave me like I think a C probably or something, and she's like Jell-O isn't scary, and I was like what? This is <laughs> I, I was so mad at her. I'm just she like she never this played D and D. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was so mad because I was just like you don't. Know, this isn't supposed to be just scary. It's supposed to be scary funny. Like, it doesn't mean second grade. Sister Anne, you're probably rotting wow. in hell right now, Sister Anne. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awful. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Yeah. I mean, that's in a. this moment. It's,
0: it's a little rough to, like, sh- completely, you know, shit on a child and say Jello's not scary. I know. Uh, it's just, so I feel you for that. Yeah.
1: So I guess now yeah, we can relate I, a little to that character. Otherwise, it's just like, it, that color scheme, man. I'm just so. Every time it's just so bland.
0: We've, but that's the thing
1: we've. It's like I don't know milk if a toast. color scheme is
0: a reason to not like a film. You know, that's why I don't it. like
1: black and white movies. they're too gray.
0: And yet, I remind you every time we watch a black and white movie, you usually prefer the black and white film to the
1: remake. Ah, uh, it depends. It depends on the movie. <laughs> Which one was your favorite Star Wars? Born again. The, the Lady Gaga one. I think I said I prefer the the next one. Next would be the original because it was the shortest one. <laughs> by like almost an so hour it's color,
0: um, then it's run time yeah. these are the things that, that matter uh, I mean yeah I think it's actually really relatable how your the, your imagination gets the best of you and your fantasy gets the best of you and the hopes and like the unrealistic in terms of an adult's perspective, you know, outlook on life, mm-hmm. like the way that Ralphie thinks that nobody's catching on to him or the way that he lies in certain situations uh, like when Flick is outside with his tongue stuck the teacher knows exactly who put them to it and she's like whoever did this is responsible for it and ralph <laughs> and ralphie and schwartz are looking around like yeah yeah whoever did this because it's totally not us she knows exactly that it's them right you know but like the the, the comedy in that scene is like oh ralphie thinks he's smarter than everybody well, you know? was also innocent, like though. yeah Ralph yeah schwartz was definitely more of the guilty party, but like they're both clearly guilty, and they're like acting like they're not, and they act and like everybody doesn't know that they were involved with
1: it. Right, right. It's right.
0: just like those little touches too that it's like all these little kids, and and it, I think it's, I think it's kind of like a nice mixture of over the top, like meets completely realistic and relatable. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think you're being hard on it for no reason. But I said I was I ambivalent, that- and
1: then I said I skew towards hate. And stuff. I, these marathons
0: that happen you know they are annoying but let's not hold the marathon on tnt against the film i'm trying to think itself. of
1: what uh, but maybe i guess i never had that obsession with like a toy for christmas like ever okay you know what i mean like sure, i never yeah can you that's interesting right because of considering how i am now i've never had like when i was growing up i was never like oh i need this one thing this one toy for christmas like i just never was i was usually happy with whatever i got
0: mm. that's well that's that's super sweet of you but i guess i don't know i think a lot of people can kind of relate to that especially as a child oh i'm sure but like, i also i'm sure there's yeah. you
1: know, there's always like the hot toy of the year and stuff like you know like i always want like a place like you know a playstation but i was never going to be disappointed if i didn't get one on christmas <laughs> you know
0: what i mean yeah well, that's the thing, too. It's like, I think Ralphie was fine, but then he had that surprise by his father, which is, I think, actually a really touching scene, you know? Like, yeah. his father is taking just a sheer delight in how happy it's made his son, you know, that that he was able to give this to him and stuff. And I think it's a really sweet moment, actually. And that's it's such a nice contrast, too, because there's moments where it's just so ridiculous and it's so funny. And then it's got these really genuinely touching moments. Um, so it's like, that's why it's like, it feels real, like it feels relatable, because life is full of moments like that. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of surreal and whatnot. So, uh, although I can't relate to having uh, soap put, being put in my mouth for cursing, but I guess people who watched in the '80s growing up, maybe they could connect with that more. I mean, was one thing that I'm like, people did that. I really?
1: think people. I think it's like an urban legend.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's white people thing. I don't know. <laughs> Never happened to me. Maybe. I would get smacked across the face. That's what would happen. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to harp too, too much on this movie, because I actually think that we're really here to talk about this new one and what this new one does. And I have a lot of opinions as but as I'm sure you do. So, do you have any history on, the, on this new film? Which, also, let's just say, you know, like, A Christmas Story, other than being, like, broadcast in marathons constantly, since 1997. I looked it up, it's been like a thing since 1997 on TNT, um, it was turned into a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. It actually already had sequels to it. There's like this whole canon of uh, Parker family. There's like a Parker family franchise, but there's other stories that aren't just like these people in a Christmas story. That's like other family members. There's like TV movies before.
1: And a live that production, Gene Shepard made. Like a live yeah. on TV production. Sorry, Maya there Rudolph. was Yeah,
0: there was a live hmm Oh, really? I,
1: oh. I knew this only because of trivia last time I went. Oh. They showed a picture of her, go. and they dressed clearly like A Christmas Story, but I was very really confused. And I was like, "It's obviously, the answer is Christmas Story. I just don't know what version of this it is. And then I looked it up afterwards, like, oh, look at that. It's a live version of A Christmas Story on TV. There you
0: go. This isn't the first sequel to A Christmas Story. No. A uh, Christmas just, Story 2 yeah. was a direct-to-video. And it's also on HBO.
1: So how dare they call this the... Was the first uh, legacy sequel when it's not?
0: I know. It's... Well, actually, was a Christmas story too. I never saw it. Was that Ralphie and his family?
1: Honestly, I never saw it either. Come on, yeah, I I so barely I... liked the first one. <laughs> I would have watched. I would have seen through the sequel.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't
1: know. So uh, um, so no, I don't know yeah. if it was. I had to assume it's part of the Parker family.
0: I would assume too. Peter Billingsley though is on in it, and Peter Billingsley we should say played Ralphie, um. And he's playing Ralphie again, which is why I, th- I guess this one constitute more as the uh, official one or the retconning of the Christmas story canon mm-hmm. like they did for other properties. Yeah.
2: So. So it there was, was. There was something. Go ahead. There was, a, there was a sequel, like a couple of years when Rafi was 15 and having to do of him wrecking his father's car. Oh.
0: Then I think it was that. Yeah. I, I, but it was a brand new cast, right?
1: Yeah, probably. Did did this yeah. kid ever act again? What do you mean, Peter Billingsley? Yeah, he did. Yeah,
2: of course. <laughs> He's a producer, director of what? He's in Marvel. He's been. It's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in what? Iron Man and Spider Man. He was in Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, this.
1: Oh, I don't. Yeah, he. I have, he needs to wear a belt because I have no idea who he is. That way, I could just recognize him or something. He makes not one impression on me whatsoever. Every time he enters
0: the scene, be like, oh, hey, look, it's Peter Billingsley. Like,
1: who is that? I don't know who that is. Uh, So this movie was announced in January 2022. So I don't know if they were already well into production or when they announced it. But it seems that has to be the only thing that happened because there's just no way they made a movie between January 20 of this year and had it out. Uh, Unless they were working off of the backs of slaves, which I wouldn't put past (laughs) Discovery, Warner Brothers. To be quite honest, it's how much content they're trying to just roll out constantly. Because I feel like this is like the, like what, eighth or ninth HBO Max original we've had to like cover this year. Really? Wait, name some others. Um, I mean,
0: Disney Plus. I like
1: remember. Yeah, right. Disney. Maybe I'm thinking Disney Plus is maybe the other real slave. Who else have we done? We haven't done much HBO Max. Gossip Girl. Um, that was last year.
0: Gossip Girl. Okay, yeah. I take it back.
1: I, I take back everything I said. Uh, but apparently this was announced in uh, earlier this year. The film's dedicated in memory of Darren McGavin, who played Ralphie's old man in the original film, who died in 2006 at the age of 83. And mm-hmm. uh, it was shortly after the official announcement of the film that Peter Billingsley was cast to reprise his role as Ralphie as an adult. Uh much to the happiness of, I guess, the fanboys of this film. Uh, his mother. <laughs> really? Are there fanboys of this film? I mean, if they're watching it like on Christmas Day, I have to assume, uh, Julie Haggerty was cast as Mrs. Parker because Melinda yes, Dillon, yes. Uh, she had retired from acting in 2007.
0: Uh, Ugh, I know. What a bummer. How what a bummer. does that
1: how do you go about like just saying that I retire as an actor? Like I thought you just don't get roles anymore. No, some people leave the industry.
0: Yeah, some people like straight up leave and say don't even like I don't want to be bothered, you know. Yeah. But it's like a, I have I have thoughts about the recasting of that role, mm. but I'll I'll say I'll say it for when you're done with your spiel.
1: Okay. Uh wow. This is wild. Okay, yeah. Principal photography began in February of 2022. So they in, in Hungary and Bulgaria. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh,
0: barbarian were shot in Bulgaria. Yeah, well, you know, like, the like tax Bulgaria incentives like, for yeah. like mm-hmm. Estonia,
1: like all those eastern west eastern European countries have like yeah. huge better than New tax Jersey. incentives mm-hmm. for yeah. making movies yeah. and stuff. So, uh yeah, there you go. Well, I guess they 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 really packaged this film up in under a year. Good for the no excuse yes, on my on our end. You heard that, Nicole? No excuse on your short film anymore.
0: <laughs> Don't tell anyone I have a short film. It's supposed to be a secret. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, they, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like I saw the first trailer for this like a month ago. Like, it was a very short promotional period for this. And um, they just announced it, and then out it came. And I've not really heard... Too much about it. Like it's not something that I, I think people are either dying to watch or talking a lot about.
1: Did it just come out? It just Sorry, came thought, out, right?
0: It came out before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. before um, Thanksgiving.
1: How much before? Well,
0: I
2: got seventy. I think it
0: came out the same day as uh, Disenchanted. Sorry. It
2: Got wow. seventy-eight on Rotten Tomatoes. Has a seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is and Google
1: users okay. eighty-nine. Like yeah. Um, interesting, because I mean. I know we talked about it. earlier. But how many sh- how many
0: Rotten Tomatoes reviews are there? Like twelve.
1: <laughs> for streaming now, like I think streaming is like usually gets at least like thirty. So the at least thirty. Is, okay. How many? How many? Eddie's checking it out, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that what's been and we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but like what's been hogging a lot of the spotlight for streaming has been Netflix's Wednesday. Uh, like Wednesday dropped, and they picked the right weekend. You know, Thanksgiving weekend. A lot of people just binged That was very well promoted yeah. too.
2: So it broke yeah. Stranger Things record.
1: Wednesday, yeah, yeah as, I saw. As,
2: as binge within a short period of time.
1: Makes sense. I mean, the show. I mean, we'll talk about it next week. But I'm very, very like excited to talk, to talk about it, about it now. Oh. I know. Like, why are we doing <laughs> this? <laughs> Boring Christmas I haven't,
0: story. I haven't watched it. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, we can't. We have to wait just a couple more days. Um. Yeah. I can't believe it that it broke that. Yeah. Well, Christmas story, a Christmas story, <laughs> did Christmas not. did not break any <laughs> records. But you know, it's funny because Disenchanted, I haven't heard too much about either. So I don't know. Maybe it was just though, a bad.
1: I guess on my, t- I guess it depends on you know your for you page, right? On TikTok, yes, like okay, it's all very mm-hmm. very dependent on you. So they must know that I was probably going to watch this because like I got a lot of stuff about people talking about Disenchanted and like you get it and stuff. It was cute. Right, more or less what we just thought it was just like cute. I like yeah. it more than the original. but
0: Did you see what I shared from Letterbox? I just thought it was the best review ever. Where it was like Amy Adams could do Joker, but Joaquin Phoenix could never be. Giselle. I
1: did see that. Yes, I, I you, just like I thought you wrote that. Like ever, I was just like quote. I wish, I wish I wrote that. You gotta say that fire content um, for the podcast. Girl. Like, yeah.
0: Right. All right, let's talk about *A Christmas Story* Christmas. Why? Uh, it's 33 years after the events of *Christmas Story*. Ralphie is now a grown adult. He's living in Chicago with his wife and two children. It is December 1973, and he wants to be a writer. Of course, he wants to be a writer because, as we know, the whole original film was narrated by him. So, at one point, we know he does indeed become a writer. Is that true? Um, yeah. You assume you that mean? he was a
1: writer at the beginning of a Christmas story, I just assumed he was just a guy talking. That's also part of the irritation. It's just like, you're not of importance, man. Why am I hearing your story? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: the moment that you introduce that Ralphie becomes, or at least is an aspiring writer, you kind of have an idea of where the rest of the film is going to go oh, if
1: you've seen a Christmas story. I mean, a million percent. Like, I think uh, once, once I saw that he was an aspiring writer, the first beat of the story, I was just like, well, I know how this is going to end.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, God. It's like, um yeah so this movie begins with the death of Ralphie's father, and it you know it pretty much is the inciting incident and now he has to go back home and spend Christmas with his mother mm-hmm. for, you know and I guess the Oh, I guess the, the quest for Ralphie is to make it the best Christmas ever. That's, like, what the whole movie is based on, is that now he has all this pressure to live up to the standard that his father set when he was young about making Christmas just the best and making it the best Christmas that you can have.
1: Now, did and it, it's a- which in retrospect... Did his father really ever make it the best Christmas ever? No. Yeah. No, also,
0: it's like all of his memories are from that one Christmas, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So it's like, I guess, you know, that one Christmas was this iconic. It was that that toy, I guess, guess, right?
1: Like, you get that one toy, all of a sudden, it's just like the greatest Christmas ever. The
0: greatest Christmas. My father did it on purpose. I mean, that's the only thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, his father did buy him the gun and made this whole thing out of it. And it meant a lot to him. So I guess that's it. Um, But also that whole, like, you know, the character's quest of him having to make it the best Christmas ever felt just so anticlimactic and felt so forced because it also just didn't it didn't feel real. I was like, really is this the best that we have to give him as kind of like this this thing that he has to now it's like this thing that he has to go out and achieve. Well I don't know. It felt kind of flat for me. So
1: that's the that's, kind of quest that he gave himself. But the real
2: oh, no, he didn't give himself that. No he kinda his, no, no his, his mom, mom right his, his, mom, his, his mom. His mom, first, mom and it we're, it we're him, all yeah. and we're all forgetting too. His father just died. Yeah. His mom? It's right, it's deciding. I am not gonna grieve during this. Time, during this time, I'm going to celebrate Christmas with my family. Yeah. and then in turn, she puts this on her eldest son to make this the best Christmas, knowing that she's not gonna have the energy to do it. She's right. not right. She's counting on him. Okay, and mind you, he's forty something years old. Right, so he's had many Christmases with his dad. Right. So he must have had incredible Christmas, because you're not Christmases, because you're not going to be like, my dad is the best Christmas guy just by one experience. But they only show the so flashbacks we're, we're, of the one movie. I know, yeah, I, know I know, I'll, but we can't get stuck there. We have to think out think more. But that's the thing. More.
0: Like, uh, but- why do I have to think more? The movie should make it believable for me. I shouldn't have to like interject that myself. I don't know. I feel like they say these things, but the way that it came across felt pretty flat in terms of. I don't really feel the
1: connection here, well, like, or I, I don't feel uh, this Pharrell feel. I also, but you got to keep in mind the other main storyline here is that he has to write his father's obituary and that's yes, kind of that, the big struggle which i actually do i that think that i thought should
0: have been more of his struggle well, like, throughout the whole thing instead of like I, the pressure to wait, make no no but i think I but i think him so using
1: too. but i think him using like trying to make this the greatest christmas ever was just him trying to avoid having to deal with the grief of his father and writing that obituary right like it's not like okay. they're not they're not separate all right like I uh does that uh, make sense i don't know no. i mean like he he, he um, like i don't agree with so you, you. think they're
0: they're yeah, they're kind of like one in the same is what you're saying. I'm
1: saying that he was basically he was trying to put up all these blockades in his, in the way of him writing this obituary. Because in the obituary also you know on some as some he's an inspiring writer. The obituary is like kind of he's dead. Like this is this is how people will remember him and stuff. Uh with these mm-hmm. words that I'm writing. So instead of focusing on that he ends up focusing on like trying to make this the best christmas and all these shenanigans that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what Eddie, you don't agree? Well, <laughs> it's funny <laughs> cuz we saw this we didn't see this movie together.
2: We saw this separately. Oh. <laughs> so, oh okay. That's interesting. Which I'm glad actually. <laughs> are you? Oh, you probably yeah. are because well, I, first of I would all, have first so, to complain a lot. First of all, movie. it was my first christmas movie of this year and I thought oh, nice. and I actually thought it was the best way to start my Christmas mm-hmm. one. I, I, I think the character being now having, being in charge of bringing, being stepping into his dad's shoes. This is what it really is. It's Christmas is the, 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 the medium he's working with, but it's actually him s- stepping in the role of being now the man of this family, the patriarch. Yeah. um, And stepping into, and now, being asked to step in his dad's shoes, right? Right now, they're Christmas shoes, right? Oh, and realizing, like right? And realizing that maybe <laughs> they're, they're bigger than what he thought. And he's not just fitting into this. At the same time, too, he has a dream. He has a deadline for this dream. He wants to do <laughs> great for his family. And um, and also, let's, let's be real. He is dealing with the passing of his father. Mm-hmm. Okay? passing of this father and having to now reflect on this man and feeling so limited in writing just a few words on how this, what this man meant to him. Right. So he he wants to pour himself, but he knows he can't. And it's like, ah, this is so much. There's a lot on this guy's plate, but I think what, what gripped me the most about this character ralphie as an adult it was that he just did his best on being a dad you know Mm -hmm. he yeah i enjoyed watching him being a dad and i was just thinking i think i i was a dad like if i was i would be this kind of dad you know just trying to like make these best moments trying to be funny and failing trying to make up stories to capture their imagination at the same time too knowing that i'm exhausted and um just like how how am I going to do this all this time is how am I going to make this a happy time not only for my family and whole but for my kids you know mm-hmm. give them the wonder and excitement that I had cuz this is what my dad did for me yeah, yeah. i wow. mean i don't i cried I got to tell you right now, oh. honestly, I, oh. I cried. I did it. Okay. Right. Cause this is I this, I, cause this is also too, I've got to this kind of like personal too, because this is like, you know, I, you know, having my father passed away, you know, when I, you know, as an adult, uh, my father was just like this in the, in the essence of how Ralphie sees his dad as he always made Christmas the best for all of us. Interesting so it was like seeing that my father always
1: made me make christmas the best he always made me do all the decorating and stuff and now my mom does it too so i guess i don't
0: yeah so a good movie too will like make you want to connect and 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 relate to it in an emotional way so i wonder if it's like okay did did the film not supply me enough or am i just cold-hearted because i didn't feel any sort of emotional connection to it Mm -hmm. and i didn't I didn't resonate in ways I think that overall like I see where they were going for and it was there but I don't know if it was well executed at least for me um because at the end of the day too like everything kind of felt very uh I don't want to say phoned in but like his family in particular I did not feel like the family in the original film, they stand out. Every single one of them is like a character upon themselves. You know, like they don't kind of rely on one another. They each are so unique and individualistic and, and, and well-written. And I didn't feel this way about this family. Right. Um, and I didn't even feel like the mom was like the mom that I knew from the original film. Now, of course, a big reason of that is that Melinda Dillon did not come back and reprise her role. We have Julie Haggerty. And Julie Haggerty, I know very well from playing Elaine in Airplane.
2: Yes. Oh. So all I
0: saw... Was Elaine in Airplane? Is <laughs> like, Why is she in this Christmas movie? She's done so much. Because uh, she's just she's done so much, but like we all know, her most iconic role yes. is Elaine in Airplane. Uh, her doing the dance on the disco floor is just mm-hmm. one of the funniest things in a movie. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it was also like that, and I was like, oh okay. So Derek McGavin dies, so of course they're not going to recast his role. But like Melinda Dillon is retired. Like we're still going to recast mm-hmm. her role. Like it just felt. It didn't feel right, and it's like this whole nostalgia piece, and it's this whole like everyone's back, and yet one of the most iconic people is not back and has been recast as this new person who doesn't belong here. The new so person it felt
1: who- very weird. And the mom, I felt like they wrote her a little bit too like loopy, like she felt like yes. Phoebe from Friends a little bit. I don't know if she felt
0: like Phoebe from she Friends felt like for me.
1: Friends Phoebe for me, but okay, but she felt she, she- didn't feel like the same mom from she felt she felt like the guy that lives beneath them
0: who's just like would say weird things (laughs) (laughs) what was that guy's name uh mr heckles heckles Heckles, Yeah. yeah she she felt like heckles and i was like why is she like not i mean i get it that she's old and and this whole like weird character trait that they gave her where she does not throw away food like they take the one thing where she's like starving people in china from the original film and they expand upon it as like this running gag and I don't know, it just, it, I saw that it was attempting to do a lot of things. And for me, it was just attempting. Like, none of it was that successful. I will agree that I think one of the strongest parts actually was Ralphie being a father. Like, oh my God, I killed my daughter. Oh my God, I killed my son. She gets a black guy and he breaks his arm and all that stuff. And he's just like trying his best while also like trying to figure out who he is. You know, I actually thought that was the best, most successful part of it. But um, I don't know. I didn't feel that the kids were actually w- written well. I thought his wife was very wallpapery. Personally, no offense to the actress. I also think it's the way that the role was written.
1: I don't know. Like I, mean, I saw what it was going for. Did but... we not just all find out that this movie was filmed and produced in under a year? Or so like I don't know. I don't like know.
0: yeah, I, if, I, I, I don't know. I, I, felt I, a little... I
2: agree with you with with the wife. I felt like um, I felt like she could have been more fleshed out. i know there was a lot more what i did enjoy that i would have seen a little bit more is it's how the the mom kind of made fun of her her daughter-in-law a little bit you know with the little things that she would do like yeah ice ice skating skating (laughs) things stuff like that (laughs) but at the same time too they can sit back and have a drink together in the lounge and like send ralphie to get all the gifts and stuff like that um so i i i appreciated like those moments because that's what family i I feel like that's like that's what makes it less that's what makes it more uh three-dimensional character is when you have like you can goof on each other and you can get annoyed at each other but you could also sit back and have a drink or make fun of each other and just enjoy each other's company Mm -hmm. and appreciate family um Yeah, well,
0: you know, I actually thought that also one of the more interesting things was the characters that they brought back as friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like Flick, Schwartz, and then the guy who was the bully who became Scarfarkas, who's now a police officer, you know? And I actually thought that was probably one of my favorite scenes Mm -hmm. where, like, this guy, he kind of, like, redeems himself where he's, like, you know, when we were younger and stuff, and he even, like, says, like, when you beat the shit out of me, you know, he's like, I needed that. Like, I actually thought that was an interesting approach because remember last year when we did the home alone movies
1: mm-hmm. and the uh, bad guys were like kind of the, like the <clears throat> protagonists because they were poor well no the
0: the brother oh. of uh, kevin grew up to be like this gross ass cop oh so it's right like, oh right, this right. character didn't grow or anything um what we're talking about. they changed it they did like the re- the reverse where it's like now this character grew up and actually like he he had an arc. Like sometimes people are just there and you don't really believe that they exist off screen. Well, yeah. They I mean might. I believe that Scott Farkas exists like he's a real person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's like when it's well written. But I don't know. know. What I
1: mean? But it's giving him the role of cop then the right choice because as we all know, more likely than not, he's probably an asshole. Still. Oh my <laughs> like, god. You know I mean? Can you just see good in No, someone? absolutely not. Jesus. I believe in ACAP. He didn't
2: have he didn't ha- no, you it has to he didn't have to take like he said, yeah, he's right. any he other cop, to... he would have been spending a night in lockup yeah. until they figured uh, this out. I actually, out. I, I so. did like that
1: scene. I thought it was, I, you know, there was like, I think that was the cameo we were all like waiting for at that point of the film, right? Because it's like literally at yeah. like the last 10 minutes of the film. Uh, I mean, you know, if a better film, you know, obviously I'm waiting for the gay porn parody where like it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's Quarkus and stuff. Like he gets him out of jail and then like sodomizes him with like the baton. Oh my god! You know, Jesus, as is. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, we... go that's just what would happen in porn, uh, guys. Can we... I'm so sorry. Can we is edit... it not Christmassy enough for you?
2: Can we edit is that out? Is it too please? real. Jesus. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So, and there were moments too, like with the Flick and Schwartz thing. There was like they had this movie tried to do like running gags and all this stuff, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't though. And it's always just so uncomfortable when like a movie's like, like this is the part that everyone's laughing and you're just not laughing. The I Triple Dog um, Dare
1: you to go down that slide. Is it? Are you talking about that part?
0: Yes. Well, whole, every time they were in the bar and like the phone rang and that whole gag, like I saw what they were going for, but I I felt like they almost got there with it too because it was like, oh, what's the real threat here? Like they're I, just going to hang up and say I you're think, not here. And I that's think it.
2: that's such a generational. Yeah, I think so too. Situation. I think that's a joke. But not for us per right. se. Like we're we, the tail it, end of that generation. Yeah, yeah. It's just like because I've seen that too done in like in in, on, in in movies in that time period. Um, that that joke of like the phone rings, it's your wife. I'm not here. I'm not here. You know, like, I can't tell. Her I'm not yeah. here. So I've seen that. I've seen this done Why before. Does she sound like a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen it done before too, and obviously we can't yeah. really connect with that kind of life or whatever but like i don't know i just didn't feel like the gag ever worked fully because it's like it's like this whole dramatic thing and all the people do is just say tell them i'm not here and that's it like i don't yeah. know there's I, not I, like I, really I, like the threat of the family finding them or they're coming or something well i'm not it, I,
2: i'm not getting exactly i'm not getting exactly why that was important to put you couldn't you could have not done that and right. everything would have just yeah. been like hanging a bar i i only can i can only imagine is indicating that this is like the safe haven Mm-hmm. You know, you come here, this is your safe haven. This is kind of your escape. You, you come know? here to get away. You gotta get away family. and stuff like that. Yes. Um,
1: I think it's also part of the rule of threes. Like usually on on in films, like you wanna follow that rule of threes, right? We saw it twice. It happened twice. It's like it needed to happen the third time at which point there's a this should be a payoff to that joke, which there wasn't. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it got cut in the editing room or they just forgot exactly. about it. In this yeah. Rushed. Well, production. this is
0: also a film that like you know it follows the classic storytelling model you know very traditionally so when you establish things you know you want to pay them off and there were a couple of things that didn't really necessarily feel paid off um, so I don't know it just for that like it was a little it was a little clunky so and to Rolando's point and maybe it was rushed
1: yeah well the other, one thing I was going to point out is because I happened to walk in on Eddie I think during the scene when uh it's not Farkas, the guy goes down the slide and then the other guy comes running to him and be like, are you okay? And so it felt like such a love and tender moment. I was like, oh my god, are they gay? And they weren't. And I was just like, oh, I don't care. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I also feel like, you know, obviously that's, like, the moment (laughs) that's supposed to compete with, like, getting your tongue stuck to an ice pole.
1: Which it doesn't. That was so silly and contrived. It didn't.
0: It did. I agree with you there. It's, like, that's actually getting your tongue stuck to an ice pole is legitimately terrifying. Um, Just going down a rackety old, like, slide. Okay, whatever. But then also, like, the whole gag of all, like, the drunk people doing it, too, was, like, and, like, there were just non-stop shots of people you know crashing into things and i was just like this is not why am i watching this mm. <laughs> you know this isn't funny or amusing or i'm not like oh hey all these people and that's the oh, halfway
1: no. point of the film too
0: yeah and also like a bunch of those characters come and spend christmas dinner with him and i didn't really understand why
1: it's fr- like, his friends
0: that didn't really need to why would they come and spend christmas dinner like it just i didn't really well, feel now... like he had that established friendship like the film wasn't about these friendships, and then you're like, oh, yay! They're gonna all spend Christmas together. It's like, oh, why are you here? Well, I mean, like, I don't even know. His father just died. Like, I'm
1: sure they were just yeah, like, this he, was... he needs a company. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I guess, but he's got his family. Like,
1: yeah, so, I don't know. Wow, it, you're... Okay, it, now, he, but but think he doesn't I...
0: have that kind of relationship with his friends. He like, didn't... the movie does not establish
1: it. But like he doesn't that. have that relationship because he wanted to be like a writer. Yeah. He right. Was... Like, he didn't have he. He, he told himself, I'm not coming back to this town until I make something of myself. And he's kind of, in his mind, a failure, right? Especially after getting turned down by all the publishers until the very end of the film so that's also I think his friends are kind of like realizing that he's struggling with that a little maybe I'm reading more into this film more I think you're
0: I think you guys are reading well maybe you were no, I'm not gonna say both of you but like I think you might be reading into it because it's it, it, it has to establish that in the film I mean
1: it's and not, it doesn't it's, necessarily do for that. a movie that has narration did they not do a good job of narrating it because it's literally right there in the very beginning of the film so. but what's right there in the very beginning the literal of the film? line I was missing all my like,
0: I was missing all my friends and wanted to spend Christmas day with them, I told. So friends end, i would not that see gets... them
1: until i am an established writer mm-hmm. i feel like a failure right now <laughs> like it's kind of what he literally says
0: i don't know i feel like though it's a stretch because also in the original film it's all about the family it's not like flick and his family came over for christmas and schwartz and his family came over and the farguses and the bumpuses came over uh, it was
1: flick just about them he's just a raging alcoholic right
0: I guess so. That's and, No, I think that's Schwartz because Flick's the one who owns the book.
1: Okay, okay, Schwartz is... Schwartz is also the one who aged the best, I think.
0: Yeah, he looks like he hasn't really changed. Oh. Um, it just felt like an arbitrary thing. And then all of Ralphie's friends come over and celebrate Christmas. Like, it didn't, wasn't emotionally... Um, it didn't really make sense and it wasn't very satisfying as a viewer. I like, g- it more so just kind of confused me. Okay, I so. mean,
1: I think, honestly, you're showing your Grinch side more than me on here because just like, wow... I literally invite, usually for Christmas Eve, all the vagabond friends that I have. You know, the ones with, like, their families are far away or they're too cheap to, like, travel. So it's just like... Right.
0: I mean, well, we're not talking about you, that We're talking about...
1: But the, I the, see myself in this Ralph, is what I'm trying films. to say, more so than the original. <laughs> so you
0: see yourself in this Ralph. Huh? More so. Yeah, I actually... So I think I relate more to this. Because of that, did you I enjoyed enjoy this one.
1: I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the new one much more than the original that is not to because say it reminded you of yourself because I, I, I had like, there were things there that I could like kind of empathize and relate with, uh, as opposed to the original one where I just never really related to the, it's 1940s. Like that's almost a hundred years ago at this point. Right. Like what am I? How? You know, this is, this is just narcissism. Of course, <laughs> but that's how, but is it not how we view all films through our own personal no. lived lens?
0: Not not all films. I do, literally. I personally do not. I, I'm able to enjoy a story for a story. I
1: can enjoy a story for a story, but then I also love to like imagine like, but what would I do? You know. <laughs> and that is the
0: parameter in which that's we why, are. That's why he's takes... he's done every podcast. That's
1: why Eddie and I literally sometimes takes, like an extra hour to get through a film because it's me pausing it, being like, What would you do? Like this is ridiculous. Why would he say this? And then we just argue <laughs> yeah. about
2: it. Nicole, this is why he hates doing uh, movie night at your place, because he knows he can't do that. <laughs> so he's like, I can't believe that they wait until the entire film is over to discuss it. I do. I like to discuss it. <laughs> he likes to break it, it down as, it, as, it, as it's happening. I'm like those characters. Yeah. I've um, noticed. The, what What is it? The uh,
1: Space Science Theater. Mystery Science Mystery Theater.
0: Mystery Science Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't mind talking. I mean, excessive talking is one thing, but if you're talking about the film, I don't mind people talking. And if you're talking about things that aren't about the film, I mind people talking. It's,
1: no, so. it's you. You bring the lived experiences through the lens of the film.
0: I don't mind that, but if it's excessive and I can't hear the dialogue, well, that's why I pause. It's different. Yeah,
1: I'm. Well, I'm I mean, a decent human being, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I just I. Most people don't watch movies that way. I'm sorry. Next time you come over, I will pause. I'll be like, "This is the Rolando moment where we're gonna
1: talk." I want to, you know, I want to start a Twitch channel in which we're gonna watch <laughs> movies. this way. I want to say that, All right, guys? We're gonna watch this movie. But halfway point, let's talk uh, about uh, it. The yeah. halfway point. What do you? Usually, the first act, I have right here like three talking points.
0: Oh, so each act you do it? Yeah. It's like
1: literally, as something happens, I pause and stuff, and be like, <laughs> <laughs> "She got out of bed weird." Let's talk about it. But exactly. So uh, sometimes as banal as that.
0: Um, but no, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. this movie ends with you know the way that if if you've watched movies before, you can kind of see it coming, is that the piece that he writes about his father at the end just so happens to be. The original film of him talking about that one memorable Christmas of 1940 when he really wanted a Red Rider be begun. And it's interesting, too, because his narration then turns into Gene Shepard's voice. Mm. That was weird. I don't know why they did that. Oh. I guess, like, to really, like, if if you don't get what's happening, you know, for the kids <laughs> in, the, in the back of the room, we'll turn it into Gene Shepard's voice. But, like, did they? I don't know. I didn't really feel like they had to do that. And also, that shot. That, like, you know, where it, like, transitions on the street in 1973, and then it turns into 1940, felt a little weird, too. Was it me? Because the way it ended, I was like, oh, that's it? That's the ending? It felt very uh, abrupt, but also, like, weirdly done?
1: I mean... Anybody else feel that way? I didn't, I didn't feel that way. I didn't I felt cheesy. Oh, just like... Oh, well, of course. Uh, <laughs> as the kids call it, cheesy, cheesy. You know? uh But I didn't... It didn't... I guess it did surprise me that much. the The voice changing, yes, it, I found it a little jarring. I will agree, but it wasn't. It wasn't that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I saw. I saw what they were going for and stuff. I was just like, okay. Um, how? Why would they think that he has more, like enough to create a syndicated piece? And how does like how does this little town have? That kind of pull that, like, this little story is going to get, like, a syndication nationwide. That's more. Uh, those, I know, are more right? those are the more questions that I have that I was more curious about being, like, it's just like, oh, that's good. I actually – we could have just ended it there, right? He didn't need to get the f- syndication piece. Like, we just – that could have been his motivator being like, oh, maybe I can do this. I want to keep trying and stuff. We didn't need to have him getting his piece syndicated and, like, getting a weekly column or whatever because just, like, who – who is reading that not
0: yeah it's just such a classic hollywood uh way to fix the ending i will say though the the mm-hmm. moment that really worked was that the fact that they got all their gifts stolen but then when they wake up christmas morning there's gifts there and it was from his father who had no that wasn't that was a i thought that was
1: a very nice moment yes
0: yeah that was a sweet touch i i thought that was cute
1: which i guess implies uh-huh. that he father knew he was dying i guess like probably like i'm assuming. No.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he just gets his gets Christmas a- shopping done yeah. super early. Oh,
1: I'm so jealous. That isn't. That is yeah. not me.
0: That's me. Are you? I'm are you? Done. Are you? Jeez. I'm almost done yet. Yeah.
1: I literally just started. I have one person half crossed off. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah. I mean, you know, I thought this film was fine. I don't think it was bad by any means. But I, I just, you know, what made the film so unique as a person who enjoys the first film and what made it you know like i what i find charming and successful overall i felt like they were trying too hard to relive in this film yeah i just it felt regurgitated back at me and obviously when something that has been regurgitated isn't quite as tasty that's how i feel about this whole film it's like oh i see all the things that i liked about the original film and i see you guys trying to do it here but it's just not the fucking same.
1: Yeah, um, I guess more or less this was a remix of the original film, but to cast older. No, of
0: course. I mean, it's just like Star Wars, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. or, or Mary Poppins Returns, where we're just going to take everything that you like about it, and this is what you came here to see, guys, right? We're going to redo it all for you. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. For me, I just it was like, well, this doesn't hit the same way that the original does. and It's very much its own film, which is a good thing.
1: So, but it, it, it just doesn't hit the same. Considering this is like uh, another holiday, uh, legacy sequel, right? How is? Because more or less the way I feel about this movie, actually, I guess I like this movie a little bit more than I f- liked Hocus Pocus, which is another legacy sequel, holidays legacy sequel. Where? Wow, oh, interesting. Yeah, because I never liked. So it, here I have the opposite, right? Where like I didn't like the original one. So, this one is just like, okay, I like this one more, I guess. As opposed to Hocus Pocus, I do like the original one. And then I was just like so disappointed by the new one, right? So, I don't know what point I'm trying to make other than this, like... Other than, like, you know... It was a gamble. Just talk about it yourself. Yeah, it was a gamble yeah. that HBO Max Warner Brothers took here. And, uh, but it also feels
0: like they didn't have a lot of faith in it. Again, they spent very little time promoting it, and they just threw it on HBO Go.
1: It was a fast production... Well... <laughs> honestly everything was fast yeah. honestly like i think this might be a res- that might be a result of like the discovery debacle that's going on behind the scenes at warner brothers and hbo you know yeah, what i mean probably. so this yeah. could be like just like the- as to why it hasn't gotten the release although that's interesting because i'm pretty sure the the leadership of discovery has made the adamant point of like all movies now, they're not going to get exclusive streaming rights first. They're going to go to theaters first, right? Actually, that movie that we were going to cover early this year that like disappeared is going to get. Is, yeah, that's getting a theatrical release, which is just like ill. Why I
0: already saw the the trailer in theaters.
1: <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to see that in theaters. <laughs> well I mean you know they want people to
0: go back to theaters theaters are dying it's not going to be an experience that we can really have anymore and you know it's a crisis for people who care about it
1: I don't think the theater is going to die but I think it's just like people are just going to be more selective on the movies they want to see in the theaters I'm not going to well they yeah
0: no they are already doing that Um,
1: but I mean of course Hollywood's not going to
0: make it a thing if people aren't if the numbers aren't there you know like that's just like if people are going to stay home and watch movies then they're going to do that more Mm mm-hmm so I don't know. I do I do feel like they're, uh, it's endangered. Let's say that <laughs> movie theaters are endangered. So they're not gone yet, but they can be uh, if things don't improve. And like we had this whole discussion about it the other day too. Um, You know, the numbers are just not what they used to be in 2019, 2018. Pandemic really did mess things up, but also like everyone's gotten used to it. Why should I go out when in two
1: weeks, a month? It's gonna be available for me at home. Well, I, I think the I think the other factor that we're not taking into consideration that we haven't but we should now is just the outlook on the economy. Right? Like it's mm-hmm. just like things are more expensive. It's just like, is this the right thing to spend money on when I'm yeah. already paying for all these streaming services? I'll just wait. I'll just wait. No, you know absolutely,
0: I mean? and like, and movie theaters have to survive on concessions. But if like you bring your whole fucking family and everybody wants their own thing of popcorn, that's a lot of money.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like expensive, yeah. you know. Um, also, in September, I don't know if you guys remember, but they had National Go to See a Movie Day. I think it was like Movie Theater Day, and every single show at all times was three dollars. What? And, yeah, that, that happened back in September 1st. Uh, was- and I think they should do that again because, like, people fucking went. Like, it's clearly, you know, a financial thing where it's like nobody can afford 12 to $14 tickets. Like, I mean, they can, but, like, I don't think people are happy about it. And I'm of the belief that a theater ticket should never be over. It should not be a double digit. Uh-oh. I think that, um, like, movie theater tickets have always been for the longest time incredibly affordable which is also why people love going to the movies is because it is an affordable experience and they're not making it's like changing and it shouldn't uh, and that's a big reason why people aren't going to the theater that sounds like that's, that's an
1: economics and uh, issue there where it's just like alright but that's why the lord gave us streaming <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is the Lord that gave it to us indeed. It, the um, Lord
1: works in mysterious ways and he worked through the people who gave us streaming. <laughs> well, at the end of the day too, like, the Christmas. movie industry
0: is is very based in economics and stuff and like money means a lot. Money talks in this industry, so. Um, but it sucks just cuz these are all the contributing factors as to why. Would
1: you have uh, would you have watched this in the theater?
0: Yeah, I would have watched it in the theater. I would have because also like I, been I think so sometimes mad. <clears throat> if i had seen this movie with other people who maybe found it funny then maybe i would have enjoyed it more maybe i wouldn't have been looking at this film like this film's not funny because also i'm watching it alone and if i don't find it funny it's awkward but when you see like a comedy and you see it in a room full of theater like a theater full of people who are loving it and laughing it's a very enjoyable experience even if the, you don't find the movie that funny like it's an enjoyable experience i think we can agree on that right
1: I mean, I had to sit through Little Nicky and I walked out because people were laughing. I was just like, y'all are stupid. And I was high. And I was just like, no. Oh, <laughs> um, maybe it's
0: because you were high and you're like, I can't fucking take no, this movie. No.
1: Little Nicky is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. no, I, yeah. All right. That's the first and foremost. Yeah. That's actually
0: a cult movie because some people love that movie. Ew. But yeah, it's like definitely one of his worst. The- but I do think that like when you're in a room full of people, like energy is contagious. And like movie theater energy and just enjoying and vibing with other strangers is, you know, it's a great experience. So I love to have that experience. Um, So yeah, I would have seen it in a theater. I would have seen it on a matinee, or for five (laughs) dollars. But I would have seen it. Yeah. So that's just yeah. I'm, but I'm a cinephile at the same time. So right. Maybe you shouldn't Mm -hmm. ask me that, Eddie. Would you have seen this in a theater?
2: Oh, I don't know. No, (laughs) I think I I would have waited for it to come yeah mm. i just feel like I, I know now i'm not i'm not really watching drama and i'm not watching holiday movies in the theater yeah i agree I'm i don't not. think i have like I'm i think i've i've way past that now
1: oh wait what about that new holiday movie with the guy from stranger spoiler Things? spoiler alert what is it spoiler alert i don't know what that is i'm talking about the one with uh the guy from stranger things as like a killer santa claus
0: Oh, Violent Night.
1: Violent Night. Like, that what I would consider watching in movies, theaters.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an action movie.
1: Right. Action movies. See, I guess maybe that's just it. It's just like, I think we just gotta. This sucks for you, Nicole, but like, I think the theater is not just gonna be for spectacle.
0: Yeah, no, that's clearly what it is becoming, you know. um, I think all movies should be seen in a the theater. No. But... Oh my god, did you guys see Glass Onion?
1: No. Mm-hmm. It hasn't come out on Netflix yet.
0: But it was released in theaters. That's a great movie to see in a theater. Girl, I was at home it's watching Wednesday.
1: Spectacle. I don't know at what point <laughs> did you not hear this? You can
0: watch Wednesday at any time. You only had a week to see Glass. I only had
1: a, a I only had theater. a holiday weekend of which we had to decorate trees. We were I was a busy, busy man, uh, recovering from like <laughs> cooking on Thursday. <laughs> like I'm not going to I'm going to go to the movies to watch. you have a murder until mystery until tomorrow to see Glass? I they're, gonna
0: think it, they're gonna take it. They're gonna take gone. it out
1: of the theaters like after tomorrow.
0: Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. All right, well, my good, but it did pretty well. It was number three in the box office it's, for having a limited release. It's gonna
1: um, be on Netflix
0: in like a month, but it's worth seeing a movie like that on the big screen.
1: Wait, why would they so? Why are they taking it out, out of the theaters
0: because it's a limited release? They like it's they want to make money, I guess. Wait. I don't know. Netflix does this thing doesn't where they it release need, doesn't a movie, it need in two a weeks
1: at the very least to be in theaters for it to uh qualify for the Oscars. That's, Maybe that's they the don't want to
0: qualify it for the Oscars.
1: I don't believe that for one know. second.
0: I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a week only. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I could
1: be. I, I'm Maybe pretty, it pretty sure it has weeks. to be a minimum of two, like fourteen days on screen, for you to qualify at the Oscars. There's no okay, way. We'll there's no way you would just like not take the chance. We'll see if it's playing
0: this weekend. But
1: I'm busy. Overall,
0: what are your feelings about this movie, <laughs> A Christmas Story Christmas?
1: Oh wait, are you asking me or are you asking the audience?
0: Audience, <laughs> I'll wait for a response. <laughs> <I>
1: thought, <laughs> of course, I'm asking you. I thought you were setting up, like, let us know with the I, No, no, no. I'm genuinely asking you. I, 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 I enjoyed it more than the original, to be honest. Um, uh, it's not to say that it's going to be a movie that I'll revisit during the holidays, because there's not many. I think the only one I will revisit during the holidays is truly a Muppet Christmas Carol uh all other holiday movies i usually like if it's on yeah sure i'll watch it but i'm not like i don't gravitate towards them uh that's the thing i guess the other thing is like this is an oversaturated market like the holiday movie because of oh yeah hallmark yeah candace cameron and Lindsay lohan and her
0: big triumphant return to movies with this christmas movie she's in for netflix
1: Uh i i haven't seen it i probably won't Really? Another thing against Lindsay. Lindsay Lohan. That's not. But it's sure. also a Netflix Christmas. They're basically like one step above Hallmark movies.
0: I know the Dolly Parton one was amazing. The Do- Gosh, you saw the Dolly
2: Parton kidding? one, the that one, the one with the so musical. Stupid. Oh, it was so terrible. That was I loved the every second of it. Movie. Oh my god! It
0: was it was so bad I
1: couldn't believe. We recommended watching. that one to you, right? Because we were telling you how awful it was. I think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah like we
1: covered a sure. Christmas Carol. Oh, it was just like hard. this was out. But
0: I mean. I love that kind of crap. I'm oh. like, oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't like this film as much as the first. I think the first is a very good film. Um, I think it actually deserves to be considered a Christmas classic. Although I think that the marathons, I get it. It's a bit much, but as a movie, aside from all of that, I think it's very successful. And I actually think it's a very uniquely Christmas movie. Like Die Hard's not really a Christmas movie. No, it just takes right. Place I agree. Yes. Thank you. Like,
1: same thing with Batman like, Returns and Iron Man 3. Like, they're not Christmas movies. Yeah. place during the holidays. I mean,
0: at the end of the day, even Home Alone is, like, kind of, like, it's more about a kid defending him, his house from burglars. Like, it's not really very Christmasy. Home Alone 2, though. Um, it just takes place during Christmas. But Christmas Story is one of those, like, it's like a Christmas carol. It's, like, even though it's a wonderful life, it's not really even about Christmas. Um... These, I like the movies that really are all about the Christmas spirit and, and what the Christmas is supposed to be about, uh, and something that you know I think gets kind of like lost in a lot of things and and lost in the true meaning of Christmas outside of um, the birth of Jesus and stuff. So I don't know. It's about family and being grateful for what you have and and spending it you know with yeah with with love and with cherishment you know. So I it was fine. It was fine for me. Mm. But it didn't it didn't hold a candle to the original.
1: Yeah. I guess it's a good thing I didn't like the original where <laughs> like this is just like oh. For, for this new film it's a good thing. Yeah, because it just made me say it's just like okay, thank God I enjoyed this one more than the original. Wait, Eddie, did you enjoy this one more than the original? Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's like a Hispanic male thing.
0: Why does it have to be <laughs> just cuz you both agree it's got to be a hispanic male thing. Yes, and a gay
1: thing too. <laughs> and a gay thing too probably. Yes. I
0: guess so, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I I think I prefer like I watch a lot of older films too. So overall, I I don't like these new films that just try to redo old films. It's like I'll just take the older film. Just be your old film. Like I don't I don't like that template for a new film. You
2: sound so old. It's like know. you know you sound like, I hate these little fast and flashy whippy whappy snappy movies they're making right now in hollywood These
0: snappers yeah where's so the wait.
2: Tinseltown stuff
0: would you guys say that you enjoy these type of films then no <laughs> like is this actually something that you i don't like to indulge in. um it, Eddie, it, would
1: you say it's no because this is not a, so even though i enjoyed this one more than the original that's a comparison it, it, is this going to be a movie I'm going to recommend ever? No, it's not. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, let's it's just it's be very, very. I'm gonna be I can't believe here. you
0: started the ep- episode saying you were ambivalent when you're literally dragging how much. And, like, you
1: hate. I like, don't. That's the thing. I don't story. hate it, but I just don't like it.
0: I really then wonder, you know, what how you would react to something that you truly do despise. Like like I guess we got to do a whole episode about Little Nicky oh, just so I could get you oh, to sense actually the difference
1: Constantine, that movie with Keanu Reeves is getting a legacy sequel. Okay. And I walk well, that's the first movie I've ever walked out of. Oh. Yeah. But wait
0: a minute. Little Nicky came out before Constantine. Okay, so maybe that's the second
1: movie. But those are the two movies okay. that I have distinct memories of like hating to the point of walking out halfway and Oh wow. I think for Constantine I went to the booker, I was just like, can I get my money back? This movie's awful. Wow. And they said no. And it mind right, you, yeah. five dollars for a high school student. is a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this <laughs> is true. That's like half a uh, that's half a blunt right there, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. All right guys, well that's it on A Christmas Story at Christmas. What did you think? You could share your thoughts with us if you email us at remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals, on Twitter at remakespodcast, podcast facebook.com slash remakesrebootsrevivals. We're also on YouTube. And if you like this podcast, please follow us right... Leave a review on whatever platform you listen to, whether it is Apple, Google, or Spotify, or any other platform that I haven't mentioned. And last but not least, if you'd like your voice to be heard and you want to call in and leave us a voicemail, you should do so by
1: calling this number. 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326.
0: Have you heard my cat snoring at all? Because he's like right there and he's been snoring this whole time.
1: I haven't. But
0: You have it. I wonder if my mic's gonna pick it up. Well, th- this mic does that.
1: Is it, this mic is connected to the to our our our, our streaming devices, and so I would we would have been hearing it. Do you hear it now? No, I just heard my dog.
0: Oh, <laughs> we hear our own <laughs> animals. So, <laughs> well, guys, uh, that's it happy december happy you know the year's almost over and i can't wait for our end of year review Uh, i think it's gonna be a good good one one.
1: i think i'm excited yeah i've actually put thought into this year's nice uh, because this is this is i mean it's not is is this our first full year back since the pandemic or was last i guess
0: last year would constitute but like last year like got it's really picked up i feel like around maybe may yeah i think last year we were
1: still suffering the ramifications of the pandemic yeah like this year is like the first full year that we've had of like a lot of stuff absolutely too much stuff and and guys
0: be on the lookout if you do follow us on social media because we're going to do an audience poll of what they consider to be the best property that we covered this year so we want you to vote for that Mm -hmm. um so yeah be a lookout on instagram and twitter for that and uh yeah until next time
2: stay unoriginal